What up, this is your boy DJ EFN. You might know me as a drink champ, but first and foremost, I'm a proud father. I linked up with two of my other dad homies, Manny Digital and KGB, to start the Fatherhoods podcast. Each week, we bring you insider hip-hop stories, parenting, and advice and therapy. The saying is true, it takes a village, and we humorously serve as each other's trusted counsel in figuring out how not to screw up being a good dad. The Fatherhood Podcast. Beats, rhymes, and diapers. This episode of the Fatherhood's Podcast is brought to you by Fly Dad, where fatherhood stays fly. Check us out at flydadgear.com. Hi, guys. Blacker, blacker, blacker. Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> oh, you're feeling better, bro. Yeah, he's feeling better. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, when we were pre before we started recording, I forgot that you, you know, you were, we're sick, dealing with, with some COVID. So. When did you start feeling like you you came back to life? Well, no, I've been negative the whole time, though. No, but that's all right. Sure, but have you felt <laughs> sick? Have you felt sick? I even, was the least sick out of the whole family. You just kept you testing still, positive. You still were sick, though. I'm sorry, negative. Yeah, I got. I was sick. I had, and I still feel like these minor annoying symptoms, like like a dry cough. You had it, dude. I mean, you had no, no. the whole family. Listen, <laughs> I fucking had it. That's what I'm trying to say. And and when you sent us that fucking Spotify Joe Rogan interview, yeah. you're like, forget about it. It 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 really it helped me double down on my ideas of like this is all like bullshit. Like our our system sucks right now, and we just need to start looking at this a lot differently than we're looking at it. But you talk you talk yeah. like somebody who actually listened to three hours of one podcast episode. I listened to. About an hour and forty minutes before I finally just knocked out. Mm. I mean, that's, the dude made a big. lot of damn sense. Yeah, you know what's funny? I didn't know because I never used Spotify. Yeah, I didn't. I was listening, and I oh, didn't, you didn't know, know there was swipe a, up the video yeah. right there. Right. <laughs> and then, but but honestly, looking at him didn't help me think that he was more legit because he just looked like this, you know, scrubby, <laughs> yeah, uh, conspiracy theorist. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no, no, he seemed legit. He seemed super legit, and he kept calling anthony fauci tony right right yeah <laughs> this boy <laughs> by the way yeah, for, but... for the listeners because they don't know what the hell we talk about so um uh, k had had sent us uh an episode a recent episode of the joe rogan experience number 1748 it's called beeple no that ain't it i messed that up that ain't the one. Uh, I, I don't know where that shit came from but but Kay, it was That's, with Doctor. What's his name? That was the dildo uh, manufacturer <laughs> that you were listening to. It's uh, what is his name? Uh, Robert. I think it's Robert Malone. Doctor Robert Malone. Doctor Robert Malone. What the yeah. fuck? I need to go back to that episode. I don't know. That was last. So last week's episode. And I'm not a big. I'm 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 not a avid Joe Rogan listener. Right. Right. But I just I had read about that this particular one was banned from uh like YouTube and Google because of uh because you know potential vaccine hesitancy stuff. Um yeah. yeah. And he and he was banned on Twitter. The shit Twitter. said about the media and, and, and that whole conference. Oh the trust the at the trusted the news, how they flipped that yeah. into from That's crazy, bro. Yeah. Anyhow, yeah. if you guys want a uh, point counterpoint, I guess, about this. It's whole on Spotify. Spotify didn't block it, so yeah, Spotify. It's actually episode one seven four seven, so it was released sometime in December. But but really quick, if I could put some perspective on all this stuff, yeah, it's not really perspective, but it's 
So when I first had COVID a couple of years ago or whatever, early on in the pandemic, I was home. We were quarantined. It was full on quarantine in Miami. We just had the baby. So I had to be in the mix with the family. Nobody got COVID. I had COVID. Yeah. Tested positive. Nobody else got COVID. Now, this time around, my family, you know, my girl gets COVID. My baby's still testing positive, by the way. Mm. Everybody else testing negative. But I, I stayed testing negative the whole time. So Interesting. It's just, it's just really weird. Yeah, that's odd. Hold on. Talk about testing because nobody can get a fucking test. Are you making the lines to get your tests or you have a stash? Various different ways. My girl made the line uh, three hours to get a test. I don't know what kind of test she ended up getting. Um, then here they were giving out a rapid test at libraries one day. And I went oh, yeah. to three different libraries before I finally was able to get because they kept running out immediately. And they were giving three to a person, three, three uh, tests. So we got those and tested. And then we did a PCR test mm-hmm. from a mobile one that I paid. And then there's another uh, like a mobile location at a, at a mall where you pay online and you go in your car and it's like an appointment and it's fast. And then they tell you in two hours, but you're paying, you're paying a premium for that. Right. And that's mm-hmm. the one we've done recently that we find out that everybody's negative except my son right now. Right. It is crazy that you can't freely talk about pros and cons, at least have open discussions about what, you know, might be wrong or might be right without it's politicized. Yo, it's so crazy. It's yeah, it's it. And we would have never been like this in the past. I don't I don't believe. No, like, yeah. I don't. I don't know. I mean, there's always been conspiracy theory theorists. Yeah, that have. But that's always been like a fringe. And you can kind of isolate those people because then between, you know, they this shit gets a little wild. But just to have good debate and conversations about these things and how they affect like when in that's in that uh, podcast, Joe Rogan, when he, they were talking about, I think it was Sweden or Denmark. Yeah. Or Denmark. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, you know, and how they, you know, did the whole quarantine and, and lockdowns here and all that, man. And it just didn't seem right from it didn't seem like the shit was right. And so we kind of like on our gut, we know that things don't feel right, even how they roll out the vaccines, even though you might be like, yo, I need it and I want it or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. Just Something's the whole marketing. We've talked about this on the pod before early on, like the way they marketed the vaccine. Yeah. And, and I'm not talking as, you know, I'm vaccinated. I think all right. of us are. Right. right, we are. Yeah. My, my girl is not. And she's like, and then when she was listening to the podcast with me, she's like, fuck yeah, I'm not. In fact, I'm never going to be vaccinated. <laughs> Here's the thing. I mean, not to dwell on this too much, and but, you know, the dude isn't, isn't like, if you, if you are someone who, and I think the problem is there's too many people who just are, headline news folks at this point where you look at a headline or you just read you know the very minimal amount of things and you make you can up. misconstrue all that stuff no matter what but it's like if you really listen to what the dude's saying he's not in my in my takeaway he's not anti-vax at all because he's no, uh that's he that's his that. yeah that's especially it's more yeah. about are you you know because things are happening so fast, is everyone following the normal protocols to make sure that, you know, these, all these different safety issues are being looked at. And from what he's seeing, the data is not, you know, following those guidelines. So that's, that's really what it's, you know, 
he's vaxxed but, he's had COVID. you know what i mean so it's like that that's the weird part is that people you know don't take a step back and real and understand like yo all this stuff is happening super fast and you know we don't have a lot of the data because we're currently creating the data by right. watching all this stuff happen in real time i didn't i didn't hear the whole podcast i don't know if they answered this but Ultimately, did he express what his opinion, because it can only be his opinion, is on why these things are happening, why they're not following these guidelines, why they're not properly going through all the trials and, and, and all these all these ways that things are supposed to be done. Like, what's the what's the reasoning behind the, the media thing and the like other than conspiracy? What is it then? What's the reason? I think it's from from mine. I haven't finished it, but from my understanding, it seems to be more just kind of financial based. So this is a this is a, a time in history where you've got media, politics and big farm all in line with each other. Uh, in order to kind of like to to do a quick rollout on, on these things. Right. So um, so if you've got all three working together and it's a and it's a monetary thing, you know, these the, the big farm has these deals. Governments all with, around with the governments. World. Yeah. To, to roll this stuff out. And so it's on it's on them to provide the correct data and to the correct uh testing and all that kind of stuff so if they're taking shortcuts on that in order to meet a certain timeline for a payout then you know you flub the data a little bit to make it seem maybe something it's not and right i, th I think that's his whole thing is like you know we're, we're bypassing the important steps and we're not telling people exactly what potential side effects could be um because people want to get a quick payout on this stuff so i'm paraphrasing but like a motherfucker would it would it be yeah. safe to say that isn't the common sense for to me at least the common sense for for a, like a like a national movement when it comes to vaccinations and in a pandemic that it wouldn't that you should say to yourself that, that nobody should really financially benefit off of off of something like that when it's when it's such an urgent like pandemic that's you know, could destroy, you know, the, 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 the national interest, you know, the economy, kill people, you know, like I would think yeah, one, one would think you didn't, you know, invest. like you would think the government would say we're good. Like they've done in the past that I forget the wording for it, but they would take over whatever lab that's got, that's ahead, maybe pay them off for, you know, taking on, yeah. take over, taking over the, the lab and then fucking saying, okay, boom. Now this is a government thing and we're giving out these vaccines. In this, well, so, in this country, I think that's really difficult. Well, I think globally, but particularly because like, right? You trust you don't trust the government to do well that part. But then also like you got the other side of the, you know you got so many different factions that look at something like that and raise a stink. So the one that comes to mind first is like, oh shit, we're moving into communism in this country because that's some right. you know what I mean. But that's the problem. Right. It's like. The, the thing is, we have social social security. We have, you know, social, social programs. Yeah. When it's something like this, how can you trust people who are going to make a killing financially for the protection and health of the entire country? Imagine that's how much money that is. Uh, you got to take it a step further. It's a global thing. It's not well, even, global, not yeah. even I the mean, country. When, you, when you got Kodak getting into the vaccine business. Come on, bro. <laughs> when I saw that shit, Kodak, the camera people. 
Kodak. They got into the mm. vaccine business. Did they? Yeah, early in the pandemic. Look it up. But see, I then, think I even invested in them because I was like, oh shit, they're gonna they're gonna fucking make money and their stocks must be shit right now because who's got a fucking Polaroid or whatever the fuck, you know? Like <laughs> well, see, there is a there is a company or there's a team of scientists. So so I don't know, there's the vaccine that's missing right now is the typical protein-based vaccines. And those are the kind of tried and true vaccines that we're all pretty much all used to and then you know, have proven to not have major side effects, et cetera, et cetera. So that one, like Novavax, that's that type of vaccine. That's the one that just got approved in EU to start rolling out. But then there's a group of scientists. I, I could be, I, I'm trying to remember who it was. But anyway, they have their own version of it as well here in the States. And they're giving out basically the the patent to that, to governments all across the world so that people can now make it because i guess what prevents other folks from replicating vaccines are the patents on the technology right so i mean that, that's at least a good step in terms of like hey here's here's something that could be widely used that's kind of a a, a known version of a vaccine um so i don't know maybe, Re- maybe it's quick. helpful i don't know so i i just to to, to go on the Kodak, I googled it really quick. Yeah, me too. <laughs> There's the first headline that comes up: how how a botched COVID loan to Kodak made the company and government look like idiots. Yo, <laughs> so, it has like it has all the pictures of Kodak. Uh, so dude. your your investment in Kodak helped that oh, yeah, was- helped that stock go from two dollars and ten cents on July 24th of 2020 to. 2185 by July 31st of 2020. Back down to what? That shit is now at $4.66. By oh, August, by August for so one month later, that shit was already down to six bucks. Yeah, because so you still doubled, doubled your money. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I, <laughs> if I got in at the right time. Right. If you got in and out at the right time, yeah, sure. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Trump. <laughs> Yo, um, so enough enough vax talk real quick. Yeah. Um let's go back to uh, to the well, yes, but like you on a few episodes ago, Kay, you talked about you and your son flipping records. Yeah. Uh to try to get into the investing game. Can you can you give us an update? Yeah, so um we we flipped a bunch of records, used records, got about uh close to 400 for them. So that was a nice little uh, And these were records that you guys got from family. So uh through through a friend friend so um yeah we took it to the there's a uh local record store used record store and they and so we took took it over there um they bought the majority of it got the money i told them like look we'll get this we'll take this money and then we'll invest in some crypto so yeah so we took that money and then he knows about crypto yeah so we invested in some Bitcoin and we invested in some Ethereum. So that's that's uh, our first play. And I mean, these are small amounts we're talking about. So, um, but whatever. It, it's a start. It's a, a step in the right direction. Is he is he excited? Like, what's his take? Yeah, on yeah. The, oh, okay. Yeah. That's dope. Has he been watching yeah. the thing like all day long? Uh, no, we haven't. He hasn't been monitoring it too tough, but he knows it's there. He also has some dogecoin um so good but i think 
it's just one of those things like you keep getting over the hump sometimes it's just one of the you know we talked about it like oh, i gotta do this i gotta do that and it just never gets done yeah but so to me that was like breaking down a mental barrier just like all right let's let's do this and start messing around with it and you know late to the game but whatever you're never late it's just gotta yeah. gotta keep going that's dope yeah good how about you e any any crypto action going on with your kids Nah, my kids are too little, bro. Come on. I mean, I, what I want to do is I want to open up wallets for them. And is my internet fucked up now? No, you're good. <laughs> okay. Um, I want to open up wallets for them individually and and put money in it and start building up their crypto portfolio. Mm. Damn, son. Yeah. Can you put wallets in your kids' names? That's a good question. That's a good question. I mean, I think you can because it's so... I don't know, man. That's a fuck. I gotta, I gotta look into that. Hmm. MetaMask, I think, should be able to. Hmm. That shit's still crazy, man. Like I'm, I'm into it. You know, I'm going in. I'm NFTing it. I'm doing all. You know, our our drink champs NFTs came out. The EFN, the Nori NFTs came out. How'd that go? Because it's like a, it's like a card pack, right? Like your old trading card type style. Yeah, what it is is we're partnered with uh, Culture Cards. Shout out to Fred Frenchie. And what he's doing, and we're partnered with him now. So what we're doing is he's creating basically these trading cards for everybody in hip hop, and and with in front, you know, the celebrity, top tier artists, all the way down to executives, DJs, b boys, graffiti writers, everybody that's involved in the culture, mm. which I think is dope. Yeah. And um, the point of, and then like the fans and the people who buy them on their site, they can go and kind of like rate. They have like this this rating system. And so the back of the card, just like a baseball card, has like these ratings based on the people that put all this input into it. And it can, you know, it fluctuates and it changes because it's a digital thing. So the card itself is an NFT you can buy and it can go up and down in value. Uh, if an artist has a viral moment, it could at that point could go up and you can sell it on the secondary market, like mm-hmm. an open sea or whatever. And, you know, you hold you could buy a card for an artist that's underground right now. And when it pops. you're kind of like investing in them in a sense. And, and then they could become a huge artist in that card all of a sudden jump up in value and you made money with it. And then when you sell it, that artist sees residuals because in the NFT world, the smart contract continues to pay off royalties. Now, someone buying just the, the whole card or can people buy pieces or percentages of a card? No, no, you buy the whole card. Okay. Um, and then the way we're doing it, too, is that we're releasing them in packs. So it's like, for example, with our release, it was a Nori card, an EFN card and a drink champs card. And there's different tiers of cards that are more expensive. They're supposed to be more valuable. There's less of them. Um, and so you, you buy them in, in packs. That's how they originally sell from, from, from them, from the culture cards, you buy them in a pack and it's random what you get. So you pay one fee and it's a randomized thing of what you might get. It's in the secondary market where the, the ones that are, you know, that there's, uh, they're more exclusive or whatever, that you can sell them probably for more because, oh, shit, you got a, a black card or a platinum card or whatever. Mm. But, but that's the way we're doing it. And right now we're about to roll out Dog Pound and, and Onyx cards. And like I said, we're going to keep rolling them out until we, you know, and, and it's forever because the industry keeps growing and the culture keeps growing. And then it's so, going to have a fantasy game attached to it as well where people can build virtual record labels and so when you do when you do like an Onyx card, for example, I'm, I'm assuming dude cuts a deal with Onyx and right. He cuts a deal with Onyx and then he has an artist. 
Onyx, uh, the artist can, you know, like Onyx, for example, can, I'm sure that if they have an artist they want to work with, they can bring them, but okay. the culture card system, you know, the, 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 the ecosystem, he's already working with a bunch of artists, talented artists, and he'll have them create the cards, you know, okay. artwork for the card. And then everybody gets paid in that, in the smart contract, every single person. So if I buy the drink champs pack that, that pack, then I own, and it lives in a, a wallet, my wallet, if I, yeah. if that's where, that's so, where I want to put it or. That's where, no, that's where it lives. Okay. That's where it lives. I mean, you can download it to, you know, they have now they're creating like these digital frames that you can showcase NFTs. I, I even saw a uh, gold chains with a digital medallion that showcases your NFTs if you want it. Um, so something like that, for instance, like if you if if you download it and you're putting it in a digital frame and on your wall, mm-hmm. is the actual image that I'm seeing on that frame is that the is that the NFT itself or is that a copy of the NFT? That is the NFT, but from you know, and I'm still learning a lot, but I've learned a lot in a very short time because we've had some some really dope uh, live conversations on Clubhouse and on. Uh, on spaces on twitter look at you we going back to, to clubhouse i've, I've this is the, the first time i've ever done it we had eight thousand people tra- listening to that wow. clubhouse yeah um and we had some real big you know blockchain crypto people experts in this explaining it better and basically all nft is 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 really it's it's all based off ethereum most nfts so you're really just kind of like like placing your money you know uh is a it's like a placeholder for your ethereum right you know so so whatever you bought it for i mean i guess it could go down in value but it's like the nft itself the artwork itself is like not really it's like it yeah it's important because you're it's a representation you're it to a, a representative of, of whoever or whatever that transaction is representing so basically the idea what they're explaining is that nfts are going to be the functionality are going to be applied to everything so now, like, if you go and buy a car, it'll be like you'll exchange the money in crypto as an NFT, mm. because they're saying that the 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 smart contract is way more reliable than our 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 contracts that we have today, our traditional contracts and our traditional stuff, and it's easier to like refer to, and there's no middleman in terms of dispersing funds. the The smart contract you cannot change it. So the funds get dispersed. So if, if I do an NFT with you guys, us three, we do a fatherhood's NFT and we say, you know, each of us get this percentage in perpetuity, neither, none of us can go back and change that. Yeah. And it's a self-executing thing in right. the blockchain. So nobody has to do anything. It just does its own right. thing. And, and it could be like, like Manny could say, like Manny could sell the fly dad bags um, as NFTs in the sense of, like he can create, we can create an artwork for Fly Dad bag, and it just represents the transaction, and then he sends the bag. Yeah, you know, and, and so that's that's it, it's it. I mean, it's still like even knowing, like me talking about, it, like I kind of know it, talking and, and and hearing myself, it's it becomes a mind fuck. Yeah, because it's just because there's so many applications to it, but the art and music side are just the surface of what the NFTs are, and it's really just a representation. NFT. Oh, this is the, what it is. It's not that it's Ethereum. It's NFTs are just coins. That's what it is. It's a, it's another coin being created. So mm. every time someone creates an NFT, they're creating really a coin. And then the coin ha- might have an artwork attached to it. It might have this. It might have that. But it's just a coin. And coins go up and down in value. 
Man, has your oldest expressed any interest in NFTs at all? Is she even she, hip she, to it? She don't even know how to put those letters together. She mm. she's not nowhere near this stuff. But wouldn't you think that it's something that all kids need to at least at a certain age, like like they gotta the understand it. Yeah. Yeah. I would feel like they would get it more quickly more than us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean it all it all it really takes is and I bet you by I bet you by the fall of her next uh, school year her she'll be exposed to it through her mediums and friends and be able to spit that shit back to me in terms that i won't fuck it. like out of here kind of terminology but know that she'll understand you know the the nuances of it because that's that's usually how her shit her universe operates so what i what i think that um some of us maybe from our generation have to the, the reason why we're probably looking at nfts and kind of looking at it sideways it's because we're seeing these nfts sell for all these millions of dollars and all this like these apes or whatever and it just looks weird to us we're like this this thing yeah, we're like why the hell would you want to spend money on a fucking jpeg that gets right. copied over, <laughs> over again right well it's not really copied over because again remember no that, no no but what i'm saying is we're, to it. what i'm saying is like we're just used to like oh i can I pull a jpeg this. off of a website or whatever right or i can right. pull a gif and so we're used to that type of of digital medium of where it's just like you know it's it's almost useless so when we see like oh there's one of a kind and it's digital then that becomes the mind fuck for me at least so when we had one of our i think spaces i think it was young guru that was on there and he was talking very eloquently about all this stuff um and one i think it was him that said this that made a lot of sense he's like you have to look at this like the dot-com era when it first came on the scene and there was this rush to the dot-coms and all these uh, dot-coms were getting all this money and then they, they created this bubble and it bursts. But then you were left with the Amazons, the Googles, the Facebooks. It's it's here to stay, but of course there's all this rush because people don't, they want to make quick a quick buck and there's scammers out there all day long that take advantage of people. So there's going to be all these things that are going to be inflated and they're saying be careful because if like, for example, for me, as a creator trying to create NFTs, I need to be careful not to overprice an NFT because if someone buys it and then the bubble bursts and it's worth nothing, then that's I lost all my credibility. So mm. I can the, the smart thing for someone to do if they're getting into this space is if you're going to be a creator of NFTs is create them and and have them at fair prices. And you know it's kind of creating a community that's going to basically it's basically crowdfunding. For 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 creatives, you know what yeah. I'm saying? NFTs are crowdfunding, and you're not gonna crowdfund and ask everybody to give you five thousand dollars. You're gonna crowdfund and say, "Hey, man, every little bit helps." So maybe you set the price at twenty five dollars an NFT. Like I think uh, Tory Lane sold his album for a dollar as an NFT for a dollar. Oh shit! And he sold supposedly a million of them, supposedly. But now he gets that money in perpetuity every time someone sells that. If it went up in price and they sell it then he gets that in perpetuity. So he made a million dollars up front and then he can continue to make money off of that, which the is royalties. way more than he would ever have made probably off traditional record labels. That's dope. So when we put out the fatherhood's album, it's an NFT. I think we need to look at a lot of things for fatherhoods that we're not doing. <laughs> Maybe NFTs is one thing because you can attach services to these things. Remember, it's just another way to pay people. Right. So we can attach services uh, like Manny will go to your house and give you a hand job. I don't know. Maybe that's not fun <laughs> material. I don't know. <laughs> Depends on the price. I could probably hire somebody. 
<laughs> I was going to say this. <laughs> One of your overseas. Shut the fuck up! <laughs> I'll, I'll edit that out. Don't worry. <laughs> you should have me going ah, and the edit is ah, and then you be, and then you saying I'll edit that out. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, yo, so I, I have a I have a a story, not a story, just something that happened with my my five year old daughter um, yesterday, as a matter of fact. So she. The morning before she went to school, we were having a conversation and she used the word colored to refer to people. And she but she was like, Yeah, I heard people say refer to people, brown people is what she said, as colored. What the hell? Wait, and I was like 50s? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was like, Where did you hear that? And she 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 chalked it up to some program that she watched, which already I was like, Oh fuck. Okay. He was watching Turner Classic from like the from like the thirties, <laughs> probably some shit. And then, and anyway, so like that led to me telling her like, "Yo, we don't talk like that. We really shouldn't even be considering people and their color. Like, it's not something that we do or we want you to deal with. Like, color shouldn't be a factor in any conversation that you're talking about, right?" But she's always been the one that's curious about people's complexion. She's lighter skin than the rest of us in the household. So she has like, I wouldn't say it's a complex, but she's always comparing. And she's like looking at color. For her, it's like very noticeable and substantial. So she's always like identifying let's, it. Let's be real. It's the Dominican trait. You guys do that a lot. Um, But not in the way she does it. Cause, you guys are tremendo racistas. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's 100%. That's 100%. I, that's my biggest issue with Dominicans. Um, so later in the day, she's in school, and then they have, like, group time or whatever, and they all the students get to share. Like, you can volunteer and share how you feel, whatever. <clears throat> she raised her hand, and she's like, um, I don't want she, – so she's her birthday's coming up, and she thinks she's having a big birthday party. So she keeps talking about this, even though we're like, yo, there's no birthday party. We haven't decided what we're going to do. Stop talking about it. But she took that to class and she was like, I don't want to invite so-and-so to my birthday party. Out of the blue, nobody's talking about birthday parties in her class. I don't want to invite so-and-so because um, because I think that there'll be some issue between his parents and mine because my parents are brown. This kid's parents are white. And I'm like, but wh- where the fuck did this come from? Like, why wow. are you bringing this up to in class or at all? And he's not the only white person in the class, so why him, right? And, and so we're asking her all these questions, and I'm trying not to wild out because I'm I'm like frustrated because we, this is not something that we talk about. Like we don't live our lives white, black, or other. Like it's just people right. and how people interact with you. That's how we base judgment, whether they're good or bad, not what the color of their skin is. <clears throat> so. The teacher found out. The te- my wife emails the teacher and like a, you know excuses like we don't know where it's coming from. And ultimately, we found out that she was watching an episode of a Netflix show called Family Reunion, and it's a good show. I'm not not bashing the show at all, but in that show, there was a scene where white police officers basically pointed their guns at a few black kids, young kids. They were like ten to twelve years old. And that struck her and she, they didn't talk about colored, but she saw it play out and she, she just put two and two together. Yeah. She was seeing that. mm. Right. The injustice, the, the 
white versus black thing. Right. And 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 then I'm looking at her and I'm looking at my wife and I'm like, I don't even know what to say to her. Because on the one hand, this is this happens. This is real life and this is the things that we have to right. contend with and make sure that we are not caught in these situations and know how to maneuver. But also, she's five and she really shouldn't be A, watching shit like that. So now it's like, all right, we gotta monitor her better. But she's been exposed to it already. So that tied into this scenario in school. And so we're trying to, you know, it's hard to communicate with a five-year-old some shit that's that deep. So we're trying to like still have like a, some sort of finality to that conversation that we haven't achieved yet. So any thoughts? Because I could use some. Yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah, no fucking thoughts. <laughs> that shit sounds crazy, man. Yeah. The good news is one. like the teacher kind of diffused everything and she was like you know if if you have questions ask an adult i'm here for you like we can talk about anything that comes up and she was kind of re reaffirming like you know we're all friends here everybody's cool with each other like none you don't have to worry about any of that kind of stuff uh and i think i think that helped because she she didn't come back like rehashing everything but but i don't want again like i'm just trying to strike that balance of like Yes, this is real, but yeah, it's hard with a five. It's hard, yeah, hard with a five year old because child. yeah, it's almost like you're not hiding the information, right? But you have to like boil it down so that it's something super simple and kind of digestible. And it's almost like you got to put a pin in it for a little later. So it's like you you get her to kind of understand the the basics of it, whatever that's going to be um but then it's you know a re-engagement of that conversation when you can have a little bit more in depth when they're a little older yeah at least that's my that's kind of what we've done yeah like unintentionally we kind of just like found a good place to like pause the conversation and we haven't touched it since we're like all right let's just see how this shit pans out and then the other the other concern i have is like i don't want her to be fearful if there's a white cop right. around us. Cause like, again, that's another thing. It's like, I don't have an issue with the law police, unless there's an issue that is created regardless of skin tone. Like, I don't want that to be like, Oh, cops are bad. And yeah, it's almost like teaching them the <laughs> there's good and bad, no matter what, like there's going to be good and bad police. There's going to be good and bad firefighters or good and bad teachers. It's hard. just, you know, because it's context um, to a lot of yeah. things and and the kid like one thing that I'm dealing with my daughter right now is her not understanding sarcasm mm. and me as oh an adult oh my god even, that's terrible because you're super sarcastic exactly so me wow. or my girl speaking to her and with sarcasm thinking that you know because she's talking now to us thinking that she understands oh yeah she's just she's just gonna copy it and give it back to you or give it back to well, someone no else. what it is like if she's like you know she, my girl still my, my girl my daughter's still going through a lot of you know her tantrum phase yeah. right now and, and fighting back and stuff and like if she says like oh i want this i want this i want this and then you know we'll be like you're gonna get it you know if you do a b and c and if you calm down and blah blah and then and then she'll be like so i'm gonna get i'm gonna, I'm, so I'm like yes and then she'll be like yes i'm getting it right now like you know like that or if like or if, I, if it's like oh and i'm like 
uh, you're not getting that. And she's like, yes, I am. And I go, sure you are. She goes, you, I am? You know, like, <laughs> oh, yeah. like, you know, like, it's just like, it's crazy right now having those conversations and trying to like, like you have to talk very clear and direct for her to understand. But, but then sometimes she's smart, you know, like surprises us and she says things with such, you know, like an, like a, like a mature complex vocabulary in mind that you're just like, how does this little kid know how to talk like that? So yeah. You think she knows, you know, that's the, that's one of the hard parts is that on one hand they're young, but then sometimes we, you know, we underestimate how smart they are. That's the that's the tough part with all these kind of conversations, especially when they're young. It's like, all right, are we are we dumbing it down too much? Do they really understand more than we're giving them credit for? You know, that, I, it's tough, man. Yeah, I, I fall into that. I've fallen into that, especially with my oldest throughout her, you know, development a lot because of the same things. It's like they engage with you in a way that makes them seem older more aware than what their age actually is and you go with that because you're like oh shit all right you just got caught up and then you get to that point where you're like fuck and then you get you start getting frustrated at the kid too because you're like yo what do you mean like we were just having like this advanced conversation over here and but you forget like yo she's three yo she's five whatever it is so yes but then they get mad too when you don't treat them because they want to be treated like they're like my daughter will be like i'm a big girl so it's like it's just a, it's like a cycle. It's like how do you break that? How do you really speak to them directly where they understand? Also, yeah. it's like they don't understand. Like uh, like they take everything very literal too, you know. And that's another problem sometimes that we'll have, especially if like we're playing around, you know. <laughs> so it's just, it, it's 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 been wild. My my daughter's been getting, she still hasn't been good with her with her brother. Oh man, and we're still dealing with that. And I I had a conversation with my brother, and I'm like, dude, I really 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 feel like and sense her her deep like um what's the word i'm looking for man like her her betrayal no her sense of loss in the fact that she lost her life with her parents where she was the only one and then this other person came into so you you and you instinctively just know that that's I knew it early. Yeah. I said it yeah. from the beginning. Yeah. And everybody was like, oh, no, it'll, it'll pass. It yeah. hasn't passed. And I see she fights it sometimes and she tries to do good. But it's it's very easy for her to just fall back. And you see like this like almost hatred. And she takes it out on my girl, which is because she probably feels like you brought him. <laughs> yeah. And so she she'll tell me like in the morning, like I'll go get her in the morning and then she'll be like, uh, no mommy and i'm like no no mom's not here and if she sees here's my mom she goes, no no i don't want mommy i don't want mommy oh you know and it, i mean she's done it with me too but she does it more with my girl and it's you know it's hurting my girl now too and and, it, and it's like damn man like well there are those there are those uh families where the you know there's a sibling that's jealous of another one or just never they never got along from don't tell me the never word bro <laughs> I don't want that. I don't want that in life. I'm just saying, I'm not saying that that's going to happen to you, but I mean, yeah, everyone's <laughs> wired differently. It's not happening to you, but it could happen to you. <laughs> no, and it worries me like safety wise. Like sometimes, you know, she's, you know, yeah, they, they, aggressive they physically fight, you know, and, and then he fights back. And, you know, and so it's like he's learning bad habits from her too. And 
but fighting back to defend himself, which is in a sense we want him to defend himself because he's she's bigger right now. My, but it's my only it's my only non scientific advice would be, um, you know, when she's able to start expressing herself more, and maybe you're the one that she confides in for this stuff, is to start picking her brain on that and get her to tell you like how she really feels about her brother. And if she has jealousy or that way, at least when she's young, you can, you can try to unpack it a little bit. And well, I've asked her, do you love your brother? And she's like, no, (laughs) do you love daddy? Yes. Do you love mommy? Sometimes. Yes. Sometimes. No. (laughs) And do you love your brother? No. Yes. Why? she just says i don't she like once this is one the the other day she was mad at my girl she's mad at the big brother and she was mad crying and then you know she wanted to be with me so she's with me now and i turn to her and i try to have the like the the, the conversation trying to pick her brain and i'm like but why why do you feel that way you know why and then she just looks she goes I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> like she didn't want to get into it. Like she didn't want to oh, go interesting. deep. Wow. She didn't want to dive deep into it. Like she was all wanting to be with me only. And she was happy as hell to be with me and didn't want to be with them. But the minute I was trying to like psychoanalyze her, like, like she knew it. She's like, I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> I'm like, oh man. Does she know the word jealousy? No, I don't think so. I mean, no, we okay. tell her sometimes, but I don't think she knows it. But she's pretty hard, hardcore, man. She'll straight up be like, I don't want you, mommy. <laughs> Fuck. You know? Yeah. Like, no, I don't want. And she'll cry. Like, that's the crazy stuff. In the morning, she'll come down. She'll be happy as hell. She sees him. Stone cold face. He gets too close and she just starts losing her mind. Still. She'll see my girl holding the baby, walk into frame. Ah! She starts having a crazy crying tantrum fit like this is still happening right now like this morning yeah, right now right now yeah every day every day mm. damn son there's days that are better than others you know and i'm and i'm starting to feel like we're getting into better days more consistently but when they happen they're really bad so it's like i don't know you know wow like i almost feel like she's now playing the role for us because she knows we don't like it but when her true feelings come out, they're her true feelings. And that's the part that I still, you know, her true feelings are still there and we need to tackle those true feelings. And I'm always trying to instill in her, this is your brother. This is going to, this is probably your best friend in your life. He's going to be here forever and you need to love him. You guys are a team. And this is, you know, mommy, daddy, baby brother, that's your unit right there. Hmm. Have you thought about going to therapy? I mean, we thought of it. We 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 went and signed up for some course. It was online. You listened to it, but then at the end they tried to sell you all this crap. Um, and they had like some decent things, but yeah, I mean, my girl was looking into some some uh, therapies. I told her therapy is probably what we're gonna have to do. And, and, they, have, and they have sibling therapy. Yeah, they should have some stuff. I have to imagine, but like I think in your case, just given what she's three, three about to be four, man. It's probably not a bad time to like look into that and get that going because the younger you can get that shit in a better place, the better her relationship is going to be. She might be more receptive to someone else asking the question. How is she in school now? Is her behavior like pretty steady now? No, no. Her behavior in school supposedly is great. Right. It's when she comes home that she's <clears throat> not. Like when we, we warn the teachers, like, oh, you know, 
she might be crazy. She's been acting crazy at home. They're like, crazy? No, she's fine here. That's what, that's what we feel. That's what we see with my five-year-old. My five-year-old is the Tasmanian devil here at home. I mean, she's manageable, but definitely wows out here in school. The teacher's like, she's a model citizen. She's like, but it's. I think it's the structure. And my neighbors actually said the same thing. Their kids, when they come home, a couple of them are like hurricanes. But in school, no complaints. Like the teacher's find them to be really good in the in the classroom setting. So case point might be right. Like somebody with that A is not you guys, but B has a sense of authority that you guys project to her might be might be a good move. Like a teacher, you mean? Well, a teacher, but I'm thinking a therapist in this case. Like I can dig a little yeah, I deeper. I mean, I'm I'm a little bit on the fence in the sense that I I still want to see if maybe it's just maybe it'll she'll grow out of it a little bit. Because if if we have if we can't talk to her, yeah I get it maybe a therapist will know better I just feel like maybe therapy might she needs to be a little bit older for therapy it's too premature it yeah really fair enough work, you know could be I mean I, I I figure like by the time she's through kindergarten into first grade if this shit is still popping you probably want to make that move that bingo on that, on that cheery note cheerio that's the logo guys. Yep. Happy New Year. <laughs> Happy New Year. Yo, be a father. If not, why bother, son? A boy can make him, but a man can raise one. Be a father to your child. Be a father to your child.